Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present Hardcore Listing, the podcast. Hello and welcome to Hardcore Listing Podcast. I am one half of your presenting duo. I am Stu Whiffin, sitting opposite me as ever today via the means of Zoom, Christopher William Glasson. Hello. Hey, mate. How you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm, I'm, I'm better now. Are you? Oh, I feel so much better. Like, yeah. The only thing that I've still got is beer anxiety. Yeah. yeah. And you sending me videos. I drip feed them, Mo. I drip feed them over just so it's like a constant. I want you constantly uneasy because as, as, as well documented on this podcast, your anxiety and me fanning the flames of that anxiety is how I deal with mine. I'll just try and make you feel worse about yourself to make me feel better. I'm just like, glad I can help. Just glad I can help. And I keep getting little flashbacks of things, like even in the cab on the right way home, which I fessed up to, um, fessed up to Stu yesterday, that when, we left, uh, when I left your house, um, I stood on the end of the corner of the road for five, ten minutes before realising I hadn't ordered a cab. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just standing out in your street with a, with a bit of rusty metal as well, like this huge lump of rusty jagged metal that I dug out of my garden and um, I'd taken that to the podcast for some reason you were so excited about this bit of toot and I was like and and you built it up you made us guess what it was I mean I won't say too much because it will be on um, Pip's podcast uh, but it made, it was such so anticlimactic it really was and you were so, so you were anticlimactic oh you literally thought you was going to retire from one visit to the Antiques Roadshow with that <laughs> What you make of this? Uh, <laughs> nothing. Security. Make yeah. money. Take well, well I, I have left that in the back of the cab as well, so fuck knows what that cab driver thinks of that piece of metal that's in the back of his uh, car. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Anyway, let's um let's take a moment and thank our sponsors. Right, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Moto Recall. Yes, it's one of those lifestyle utility apps that every phone should have. It's got the practical, the nostalgia, and the dream. From 18 to 118, there is something for you. It's what you make it. Day-to-day reminders of tax and MOT on your cars you've in your current garage. I, for one, sometimes been driving around in my car not being MOT because I forgot. So it's a bit of a lifesaver. Absolutely. I mean, never buy a second-hand car without knowing the history. You know, provenance. Moto Recall makes sure you aren't caught out by allowing you to perform a full provenance check on the vehicle. With just the car reg, is there outstanding finance? Has it been in an accident? Is the mileage legit? 
you'll get the full picture powered by experience with a data guarantee. I wish I'd had that in the past. And and with this app as well, you can build your historic garage with photos and data that you can not only look back on for yourself, but you can share it with your mates. You know, every car is a memory. You used to have that cat in the hat car. I'd love to have seen that. I mean, if you don't have an historic garage, like build out your dream garage. You know, what has caught your eye? What are you dreaming of owning? And the best bit is free. Up to 50 cars and provenance checks are pay as you go when you need them. Experian aren't as nice as the Moto Recall team, of course. Download the app for free. Search Moto Recall in your app store. M-O-T-O-R-E-C-A-L-L. Moto Recall in your app store. Uh, hello, this is uh, Charles, um, Chaz from Love Beer, uh, and, and I'm here to tell you about why I sponsor uh, Hardcore Listening and what, what love-beer.co.uk does. Uh, I am a fully certified by the British Beer and Pubs Association for bar installation with a focus on home and office bars. I have loads of home bar clients who have really enjoyed the service during lockdown as well as corporate office clients like Facebook and HelloFresh. I offer a complete solution from installing the bar equipment right the way through to keg supply. I also offer regular maintenance packages for those who want a bar without all the hassle. Hello, this is Charles also from Love Beer. I just want to also let you know I'm fully licensed to sell kegs. We can supply loads of different products from mainstream beers and ciders right through to trendy craft beers and even Prosecco kegs, all delivered to your bar by a certified technician. Also, why I'm here, have I mentioned the Land Rover Beeries 3, which is a 45-year-old XMOD Land Rover Series 3 that we have done a complete restoration on during lockdown. The 3 Beeries 3 is a custom-built, high-performance bar hidden in the back of a Land Rover. The bar we have installed is capable of doing upwards of 500 pints per hour. We're about four to five weeks off having it all back together and ready to show it off. And I'll be launching an Instagram for it this week. Nice one, Charles. Nice one. Hello, I want to take a moment to shout out one of our wicked sponsors, eggfried.com. They are a streetwear brand. They produce t-shirts, sweats, hoodies, handmade denims. It's all inspired by hip-hop, punk, choir fashion. It's really cool. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, head over to eggfried.com and and have a look on the website because it's not just the design, it's the layout, it's the website. You know, the creative team over there are absolutely on point. There's just some, some great stuff there. And and not just for adults as well. They've got Small Fried, which is their range of kids' <laughs> clothes. And if you want your kid to just look beyond cool, like head over and check that out. And they've given us a discount code, right, Chris? Yes, Egg Salad. If you type Egg Salad into the discount coupon section, you get yourself a tidy little discount. And when they send out the stuff, it is packaged exquisitely. You get little goodies in there, stickers, and it's all wrapped up beautifully. So check out eggfried.com. Okay, lastly, we want to thank, and certainly not leastly, we want to thank, is leastly a word? (laughs) No, it's really not. Right, we're going with it. (laughs) We're going with it. So we want to thank Luke Van Boom. Luke Van Boom has a company called Bang Boom Creative. Luke is a, a long-time sponsor of this show and a friend of this show. If you see the pictures of Chris and I on the socials advertising this podcast, 
them happy snaps were taken uh, by the genius that is Luke Van Boom. I mean, that's just the tip of, of, of what he does. Chris, do you want to explain a little bit more about what Bang Boom Creative does? Yes, it's all about fresh, innovative production. So they're all about content with a heart and soul, making films of all kinds, shooting dynamic photographs and putting smiles on faces. They're passionate storytellers, working with a diverse range of brands of all sizes. You know, Their work includes short film, viral video, animation, hidden camera stunts, product demos, live action, 360 imaging and music promo. And they've worked with a ton of companies as well. Universal, uh, BBC Children in Need, even the Mayor of London, Katie Piper, the NHS, the Dogs Trust. They've, they've worked with a lot of companies. It's, it consistently blows my mind, you know, the stuff that you've just said there. Why does he have anything to do with us plums? Stop talking him out of it. Right. <laughs> Okay, right, joining us today, <laughs> Lisa and Susie, hello. Hello. Morning, hello. How are you? Fine. I'm wor- worried now that uh, Chris has got tetanus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hope you've had your tetanus jabs, by the way. I, I have. I, only Good. not that long ago. When I was oh, thank goodness for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, thank goodness yeah. for that. There's, did, enough did you... for us, there's enough for us all to worry about in this day and age with you know, yeah. all the various like bugs and deadly viruses flying around. Yeah. So I'm just making sure you've had your tetanus jab. Did you have to have... Did you have to have your tetanus jab when you when you had that wrestle with that dog? I got attacked by a dog. <laughs> I mean, that sounds funny. It was fucking awful. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I got attacked by a dog and it ended up with me walking another dog into a veterinary A&E and, like, the whole place was rammed and everyone stopped as I smashed through the doors right an episode of ER <laughs> carrying this dog. I ain't been bit. And uh, everyone looked at me and then they took the dog into a room and then someone else, one of the other people, the staff came up to me and went, do you want to get yourself cleaned up, mate? And I was thinking, what? <laughs> so I went in the toilet and where I'd been rolling around with these two dogs in the, in the woods, I had fuck shit all <laughs> up through my Oh hair. my goodness me. <laughs> so yeah, they, they gave me double tetanus jabs. <laughs> There's jabs for everyone in that situation, I think. Oh my god, a fox pee stinks. I was in the car driving this dog to the vet, going, I wonder if that's some kind of pheromone it's emitting because it's just been in the car. It was me, I was just covered in fox shit. Oh, well, apparently, you can get off fox shit by um, rubbing tomato ketchup into you too. I'm surprised at the vets they didn't just lob a bit of ketchup. Yeah, just you, squirt it in it. my face. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Who needs to take stab? Have some ketchup. That's that a very that. useful top tip it there. Is. I missed sorry Susie. So the, the top tip is to get rid of fox shit is ketchup. Yeah. So I've got a dog. Um they love it, don't they? They Ugh. love fox they love shit. any kind of rolling poo. in it. Yeah. yeah, and because he's really curly and hairy, when he rubs in it, it's like gross. It's horrible. It sticks in his fur. Tomato ketchup stops it stinking so much. Just oh, rub tomato wow. ketchup in. Does he just That's stink though of like ketchup? Yeah, I know, but it's either ketchup or shit. I mean, yeah, I don't know which one enough. you prefer, but yeah, I'd start looking at Marley like a tasty burger. Which is weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh. I mean, I'm not a vegetarian, but I mean, that's probably going a step too far. Right. Well. <laughs> Uh, I met um, you both uh, when you got in touch uh, with Pod Bible um, to tell uh, me all about your podcast. So, do you want to take this moment before we get on to what your top five is going to be to tell us about your podcast? 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, thanks for having us. It's great to be here. Um, so yeah, so uh, Susie and I host the coaching cast. So we are two business and performance coaches who've got a combined experience in, in the corporate world. We won't go too much about that. For about 25 years now, working for some well-known brands that I'm sure many of you would, would know if we shared them. Um, but we have a real passion for people and keeping things real, especially in a work context. So uh, we very much have a mantra of like, no bullshit is allowed, which to be quite honest, in the corporate environment, isn't really a commonly shared viewpoint I say, no and um yeah I think definitely personally I've always found the corporate world extremely suffocating it's not really allowed me, me to be like the free colorful butterfly that I'd love to be um and that's come down you know that's been accepted in varying degrees depending on where I've worked at times or not I might add so so yeah so my name's Lisa Robin Wood um I'm the founder of a coaching company called Grip and as I said, I'm a huge chief eye roller. Most people will know me for my facial expressions alone, um, in, especially in a meeting. Um, when it comes to just all nonsensical corporate crap that I think just completely suffocates people, not so supports them in any kind of way. Um, so yeah, so that's me. And yeah, I'm Susie, so Susie Hunt. Um, I am a sales and business coach. Um, and I have to say my hardest coaching assignment probably to date um, has been parenting my toddler <laughs> who certainly does not like questioning any form of listening, <laughs> any form of following what I uh, suggest he should be doing. So I definitely have found parenting one of my hardest coaching assignments uh, to date to this point, absolutely. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about Lisa and I. Wonderful. Wonderful. I've found employees much like your children, Susie, to be honest with yeah. you. Uh, I've, I've worked in the corporate world for a fair amount. And uh, yeah, that, that's amazing that you've developed up that sort of level of experience and you're, you're sharing it. But yeah, the no bullshit approach is very liberating. And uh, the older I got in the corporate world, um, the better I got at understanding how to just be myself and cut through the bullshit. And yeah, it just makes life so much easier. And the hairier I got, there's a, there's a correlation <laughs> between how less I cared about what people thought and just wanted to tell it like it is and how hairy I'd enter the office. To the point now, like, obviously I haven't been in an office for sort of two years, but I used to show up in, on a skateboard towards the end and, and everyone like, would just let me get away with it. And I think it's because I just did, I just stopped caring about that that side of it. And, uh, it's so yeah. interesting. So I can totally relate to that. I wouldn't say I got hairier. <laughs> um... I mean, you've got a smashing beard, Lisa, for, for those that obviously can't see. Cheers. Incredible. Cheers. Thanks for that. Yeah. I've been cultivating that for a while. I am. I mean, I am a hairy person, but we won't go into that too much detail. I won't go into that too much detail. But um, I didn't get hairier, but I definitely can relate to that. I cared less in that um, I, I I stopped bothering to wear makeup and I stopped bothering to do my hair. So like, I would literally. I do need my sleep, so mm. I would literally just roll out of bed into some sort of wear that was acceptable in the office environment, but mm. I wouldn't care too much about my hair and I well not even too much I didn't care at all I looked like I've been dragged for a bush and I didn't care about my face I mean I have got glasses and I do have this weird view that like glasses cover a multitude of sins which is nonsense I mean they're transparent so I, that doesn't even make sense <laughs> but for me I do feel like a bit like Chris you know like Clark Kent 
Batman, Batwoman. <laughs> you know, you put the glasses on and no one really knows anything about me anymore. It's really weird that I think that. I've worn them my whole life, so I don't know where that comes from. But yeah, I literally cared less. So like the over the years, the more confident I became in my capabilities and who I was yeah. as a person, the less Absolutely. I gave a crap about what I actually looked like. It, yeah. And that was liberating. Yeah. I, I totally agree. It didn't, I mean, and to be honest, no, I don't think really anyone cared either. No one really noticed. Most of the time. I yeah. think Darren Brown talk, talked about that once, where we, we're all we're all stuck in our own heads. So like oh, the 100%. things that the things that you're bothered about about yourself, no one's no one's thinking no. about that. They're thinking about themselves no. in their little world. So totally, it's. I disagree. I I reckon, Chris, if you told me your top five insecurities, I'd definitely confirm that they're they're right. Guarantee it, and I'll throw a few more in. <laughs> <laughs> we actually did this. We did this, didn't we? As a top five the other day. Yeah. I was quite cordial and we were quite supportive of each other actually. Yeah. So you saying that was all brutal? <laughs> so I mean I like feedback, but I don't know if I could handle that. I'm yeah, we like to, we like to keep it real and authentic and honest, but you know, probably it does come a point where uh, Lisa and I probably wouldn't be able to handle quite that level no. of uh, not cruel. <laughs> not cruel. You guys have obviously got a very trusting long-term friendship. <laughs> I think, yeah, we're hor- we are absolutely horrible to each other. I think though, in say the business world, there's a you don't you don't have to forsake tact to be honest as well there's a way of like delivering and cutting through the bullshit and also you don't have to be obstinate and super rude about it either um, but on this podcast don't. we've put that aside and we are just obstinate and super rude and, and rude yeah, <laughs> that's fine that's fine well it's, it's quite liberating to the fact that i think i've said bullshit about three or four times and i know when we say it on our podcast we just call it bullshit bingo and then i think both times we're a bit like oh we just swore on our podcast um which is hilarious because it's like for for how real our podcast is and how much of a potty mouth i know mm. i definitely am um <laughs> um Oh god, yeah, that's, I've got another story about that. I yelled shit in the middle of my pub the other day. Just as a side note, everyone, I also in a pub. I shouted shit really loudly, like beautiful idyllic, because the weather's been great, obviously recently. Really beautiful afternoon. Everyone's enjoying themselves. It was a family as well, and there were kids, and I yelled shit at the top of my lungs because I dropped something. It was just an instinctive reaction, but God, yeah. I felt terrible about that. Anyway, I digress. But that's yes, one of those it's, it's words... liberating to be able to swear constantly. This is nice. The word shit is one of those words that is um. It, it, it's not it's one of the safer swear words to use in an office i mean i'm not saying i mean i've had i've faced i think i've had three disciplinaries you might not be able to say. <laughs> i've gone through the runner with my office <laughs> etiquette and um but shit three is a word because yeah 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 um I, I i got off of all of them <laughs> i mean i i mean Fair the enough. fact that i found myself in disciplinaries three times is like there's no smoke without fire is there um, <laughs> Yeah, but shit is a swear word. It's not linked to sex or religion or anything like that. So out of all of them, it's the it's the, the least offensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, out, I agree. Yeah. <coughs> I agree. Yeah. Although I tell you what, the one that always slips out and then I feel really bad because I realise actually it is quite rude is bugger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm always yeah. like bugger. And then I'm like, oh, no, hang on. <laughs> That's actually a lot worse than I'm probably... Well, for some people, maybe it's not. Yeah. I But I find that... Uh... Bugger is one of them ones that I think as I got to the tail end of the 80s, I did have that kind of revelation of just like, oh, oh no. <laughs> I, I, I sort of, I thought of it the same as like blimey or something like that. And it's like, no, that's what it means. Okay, maybe I need to rein that one in a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, Burke is really bad. You know, Burke is like. Is it? Did, I didn't know that. I'm calling someone a Burke. My mum used to call my dad a Burke all the time. Yeah, Burke. I mean, they're divorced Such a now. good word. Berkshire Hunt is rhyming slang. 
Oh wow. my god, I did not know that. Now, now I'm famous for guesswork. So someone told me that, and I just took it at face value. So be like, oh, that's crystal. They'll be typing this into Google right now. But I, I always... believe Burke is Berkshire Hunt, which you know we, I oh think we've all. I would be more offended if someone, like, if someone just wants to call me like the most offensive words, which I generally at my club will get called like uh by various people like it's water off a duck's back but if someone says to me burke moron idiot like anything that i feel is derogatory to my intelligence that's when it my back goes up and it's just like words like that you can call me a whatever and it just it just doesn't bother me but anything like them words like also someone called me a tit and that really fucking wound me up <laughs> But the 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 best one I ever had was this this and, and, he, and at the time I was probably about twenty six twenty seven, and we'd refused entry to this this fella who was a bit of a a, a lad around town and he was he, you know it was potential that this could go the wrong way, and I had to kind of stand my ground and say look you're not coming in, and uh, and there was an audience sort of gathering where he felt that he had to kind of make it you know thrust his chest out and kind of. Um, not just go, all right, no problem, and walk away because obviously that you can't do that. You can't just walk away, you know, when you've been told you're not allowed in somewhere. That why would you do that? Um, and this guy <clears throat> must have had a plethora of um words for me, <clears throat> and he went, he signed off with you fucking spoon. And I was like, <laughs> and obviously, like, I just fucking cracked up. I was like, he's just called me a spoon. <laughs> like, I was expecting something like, really derogatory about my parents or something like that. And I was like, spoon. And all of the security were, like, cracking up. And even his mates were sort of, like, nervously laughing as well. It was like, where you pulled that one from, mate? Like, I don't know if, like, in another world that's really, really offensive. But I thought it was quite friendly. <laughs> Yeah, I would have thought the same. God, I yeah. got a bit desperate there for words, didn't he? Yeah, he got lost. He panicked. Yeah, and absolutely panicked. <laughs> panicked and, and found a word that wasn't a swear word at all. Oh, shit. Oh, God. That's brilliant. <laughs> well, in regards to um, bullshit bingo, um, for our listeners um, that may not be aware of um, exactly what that is, do you want to tell us a bit about that and what your top five is going to be today, then? We will, yeah. So um, Bullshit Bingo is um, a popular part of our podcast. So it's a feature that we run. Um, it's actually one that we nearly didn't run with, which would have been disappointing because it's the most popular part of our podcast <laughs> so far. Yeah, bring um, in mind that each episode is about, you know, anywhere between 45 minutes and an hour. And we talk about some quite deep subjects. I think Bullshit Bingo lasts for all of about three or four minutes and is the most listened to part. So I'm really glad we, you know, put the rest together. We went with it in the end. Um, but it's a feature where we basically call out phrases which get commonly used in the workplace, which... Right quite frankly make us cringe because there's no need for them you can just talk in plain simple words mm -hmm. be straightforward you don't need to be bullshitting and certainly um we used to play a game when lisa and i used to work together um where we would play bullshit bingo in meetings <laughs> um kind and of I secretly 
Um, yeah, yeah. And then we wouldn't actually ever sh- get to a point where we could shout bingo in a meeting because <laughs> we wouldn't tick them all off. But that was our ambition at some points to get to a full bingo. Um, and we've had some brilliant ones from our listeners. Um, and that's helped us actually shout, uh, shape our countdown today. Um, so we've got a mixture across the two seasons that we've done. Um, so, yeah, our, um, our first one. Are they in order? So he's number one, like the one you have the biggest problem with. Yeah, so number oh, one's amazing. the one we're like, what? So far, by the way, this yeah. is so far because, okay. you know, we've yeah. got two seasons. We've still got a long list of bullshit bingos still to, like, feature <laughs> in season three, mm. season four. And I'm sure listeners will send more in and we'll find some more. But amazing. so far, this is our top five. But starting with number five, which is kind of like, you know, we're going to, one is our favourite so far. We're going to count them sense. down. Yeah, we're going to count them down. Wicked. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so number five is think outside the box, which I know Lisa had some very strong thoughts on this one when we when we rolled with this one in Bullshit Bingo. I just find this exhausting. There's there's just certain phrases that people come out with that I mean this is definitely an eye rolling moment. I don't think I'll ever be able to go back into the corporate workplace actually after this podcast. But anyway, but probably because no one will ever employ me again after listening to me for the last however long. But also because I yeah think outside the box when someone comes out with this. I mean you know where it's coming from. They're trying to get everyone to think differently. But I'd rather they just said, look guys, we need to think differently here. Like what we're doing right now is just not working. Um, so let's you know let's just start coming out with some different ideas. But as soon as you say, think outside the box, to be quite honest, I just go back into the box. (laughs) I just, I can't get out of it. All I can then think about is a box and that I'm stuck in it. And that essentially what we're being told is, you know, you're not thinking big enough. It's not interesting enough. We're not doing, you know, and immediately my brain, my brain doesn't really work under that kind of language because it just immediately focuses in on what we're not doing, not what we should be doing. I don't find that motivating energizing inspiring and especially because i have to admit that's quite a key word for me inspiring when someone starts using bullshit language there's nothing inspiring about it Mm. that's the point here that's why it's like don't use it yeah because it's It's generic and cliched it's 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 so cliched and i just i mean some of these bullshit fingers i literally feel sick Mm. like that's (laughs) i have such a physical (laughs) reaction to it because i'm literally like like it's, it's, it's a really tired thing. It's funny you say that, Liz, because um, I do. I can't help but I always picture a box, and I'm like, "What the fuck? I'm, I'm not supposed to be." Don't, don't, don't give me something to think about. Right, it, I mean. we're gonna play a game now, right, guys? <laughs> don't think about chicken. Too late. Game over. You lost. And it's like, it's it's such a tired thing because I, I recently bore people on the podcast. So I read a lot of Edward De Bono, which is all about thinking systems, right? And I don't know if you've come across that in training. So yeah, thinking yeah. outside the box and the idea of lateral thinking, parallel thinking, these are all am- amazing skills that the, the business world, decent business world, have adapted and found the most use for. But if you just tell someone to think outside the box, you're not giving anyone the skill of doing that. You're just saying three words or four, however many that is in that sentence. Four. I'm, not, I'm not strong at counting. <laughs> <laughs> Counting's never been my strong point. And um, yeah, like it's just it's just an instruction, but it's like, oh, yeah. thanks. So what you what currently what you're saying, especially people say it, and it's like you're saying it about some ideas that have just been presented to you, and you're 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 low key shitting on them. Now, what, what we're going to need to do is think outside the box. It's like, well, fuck you. I thought that was a good <laughs> idea, actually. Yeah, totally. 
my brain just shuts down like when someone says that to me I just shut down because I'm claustrophobic as well so I'm like what I'm in a box what the hell like I need to get out of this box like stop like my brain just shuts down I'm like no I can't do anymore like what are you expecting no totally you're totally right it's uh yeah a pain in the ass this one if you use it (laughs) yeah it's lazy as a leader if you really want to inspire people do it properly like sit them down and go let's break this idea down that you've got let's explore it let's see what we could do even better let's look at it in terms of why is that probably not going to work again because we've possibly done it before and we need to really you know do something like totally opposite what if we did the opposite to that what if we do you know what I mean not just go think outside the box yeah it's just lazy jewelry isn't a gift you give just once it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Nice. So, so Chris, how have you found, like, <clears throat> being sort of self-employed in the creative industries and then, you know, topping and tailing that with working, you know, in, in, in a high-pressure corporate environment, like, the, the kind of thought processes for running a, a clothes brand and and designing stuff like that to then find yourself in meetings where people will say things like think outside the box how do you deal with that there's there, there, strangely there are running themes with human beings so you actually can, will you can come across it in both um um but i do i i have found that the the corporate world has is less in, in i don't know they're both quite self-unaware in their own ways you do get those sort of captions and coins and also find the corporate world don't get the sort of jokes that me and you will start saying and people start (laughs) believing what i'm saying and once someone i i think someone's mistook what i say i don't correct it i'll just i'll just take them on a real fanciful journey um i don't i don't know shu really um i don't know how I've, I've, i've treated that any different just try to be my version of um although i sound completely unprofessional with what i said there my my version of trying to help clarify the situation um i don't know i really don't know um oh, i've dealt with that any differently mate really i, I really don't I, I think there's a lot to be said in the corporate world 
um, for people that have watched and understood The Office or watched and not got it. And I think the people that watched The Office and was like, don't really get it. Geezer's just an idiot. Like, they're the ones that I think would generally probably say think outside the box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love The Office so much. <laughs> yeah, David Brent could be like our pin-up to Bullshit Bingo. <laughs> yeah. 100%. <laughs> We should probably rewatch The Office just to pick out. Oh, some you ones. get some gold. We we only recently rewatched it, and um, you get some golden ones. But you do end up feeling like Tim. Tim is you. Tim is us. <laughs> Anyone with some sort of like level of self awareness, yeah, uh, in an office, you'll just sit there and think, "Fuck, I've become Tim today." And you just mm. watch around, and it becomes a a parody when you're in meet. I hate. I really don't like meetings. I don't like meetings. Not because I don't like human beings. They're all right. But it's just that it becomes like a pat on the back. I've been in so many corporate meetings where all the ops managers are all in together, trying to impress like head of division, telling them what initiatives they've started and what someone's done that's really well. And I'm like, mate, we're in here to talk about the coffee machines today. We're not in it. With, you know, why are we? Why is this meeting an hour long before it's even begun? And then you get to the end of the meeting and nothing's been agreed. Oh, I drives me fucking mental. And yeah, you do get the Gareth Keenans and you do get the David Brents. Not not so obvious, because that's a comedy show that's only got half hour to get across a message of someone being a, a, a burk. But yeah. they are there. They are they are there in their droves. What about a pre-meeting to a meeting? Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, this is new to me. Is this a thing? Yeah. Yes. This is a thing. This used to drive me insane oh, God. we would have like a pre-meeting or a pre-alignment that's another thing that we used to call it, a pre-alignment to an actual meeting that was coming up so that you know we had we were all prepped we all were on message we all knew what we were presenting like honestly it's like a whole new world which we could do an evolution bullshit bingo into this but yeah a pre-meeting of a meeting is next level can't you just have a longer meeting Exactly. Don't, you, I, I'll kill myself, Stu. I've thought about it a few times in meetings. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna fucking throw myself out of a window. That should be a big enough statement about what I think. But now, because now I, I used to, I, I had a really strict rule, which was unless I know what this meeting's about and why, yeah. and what we're going to get out of it, I'm not yeah. going. Yeah, it's so true, Lisa. Yeah, I was like, I'm just yeah. not going. Which. To be fair, actually, was well supported by the organisation I worked for at the time because they were really strict about meetings mm. in terms of, you know, we're at, they're only going to be a certain amount of time. We're not having meetings for meeting's sake. They were so strict that if you were five minutes late, you weren't allowed in, stuff like that, which actually I really liked because yeah. I was like, yeah, too bloody right. Stop wasting everyone's time because now I'm going to have to start all over again because you just decided to, like, go for a piss or mm. have a coffee. Don't you think we all wanted a coffee, but we got here on time, selfish. We all you know, got a coffee early. Because it's a simple bit of quite. time management. So yeah, but that was quite that was quite fun. And also leaving a meeting on the grounds that actually we're not getting anything done and this is wasting my time, so I'm leaving. That was always quite empowering as well. I love that. Drop the mic. Respect. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah. See I'm out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's our that's our, number five. That's number like five. It. Yeah, yeah. So you think outside the box. Number four mm. is your one of your favourites, isn't it? So, mm. So number four is one that I had a very physical reaction to. And there's a story related to this, which I'll tell you in, in a minute. But number four is triage. So I heard this in a meeting, right, a few years ago, where somebody 
wanted to create a section of the meeting where we triaged all the things that we wanted to talk about before we talked about them in the actual meeting. And I was like, what the hell does this mean? <laughs> like, and I had a very physical reaction where I kind of whacked my hands on the desk, stood up from the meeting room and I was like, no, 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 we're not doing this. Like, no, I cannot do this. I cannot participate in this absolute ridiculousness <laughs> of triage. We do not work in a hospital environment. <laughs> we are not triaging anything. Um, and I absolutely <laughs> hate it. It's, it just repulsed me. I had a very physical, strong reaction to it. I don't even know what it means, really, in the context of the corporate world, what we're triaging. Um, and I actually think it's disrespectful to people who actually work in the medical profession, who have skills and knowledge to properly triage people before they go to A&E. Isn't, so, isn't it yeah. quite, quite a negative anyway, triage? Isn't that like a real, like, if you're in triage in a hospital, isn't it like bad news? No? I don't know. So, like, it, from my uh, corporate world it is used all the time and it's basically used for um um we we deal with vast uh things of casework in certain certain industries and so you what they did is triage the really complicated cases yeah from the really easy ones because you give the really easy ones to like num dunces like stew if he was in the office um and you give the complex cases to to you girls um yeah so that was it but uh, when i first heard it i was like what What are we doing? <laughs> We're going to need a meeting about that word. Yeah, exactly. You're going to need a pre-meeting for triage yeah, in the meeting. Guys, they're going to use a word, and I don't want you to panic in the meeting when they say the word triage. Don't worry. No one's, no one's bleeding. <laughs> or dying. No one's electrocuting themselves. <laughs> you know me? Yeah. Honestly. I just talk about overcomplicating things. I also think it's like... You know that sometimes, especially in a corporate environment, I think this comes up. Maybe it's not just corporate. Maybe that's just because that's my experience. But like a, a desperate need to like jazz it up a bit. Do you know what I mean? Like let's label something we've been doing for a while that's got a little bit boring for everyone. Let's label it something a bit different so that we all get like re-energized because now we're engaging with a new term. But really, it's just the same thing. Do you know, there's that like yeah. painful desperation to try and like, let's mix it up. Yeah. It's like, no, it's not cool. I'm not suggesting I'm a maverick in any way, shape or form. You are a master plate spinner, mate. You've said Thank this you. on the podcast. <laughs> uh, you won't let that go, will you? Never going to let that go. I'm, never, I'm a bit but, of a master plate spinner. I was like, thank you for saying that. <laughs> I'll be dining out on that one. You mean literally or like... Not, no, I don't work at the circus, no. Like, uh... I was just like, you've got like spinning plates, No. No, just, yeah. you in the, that's what you do in the club. You stand on the podium, spinning multiple plates. Like, Keep spinning them plates, you fucking spoon. Yeah, exactly. Is it like that? No? Yeah. Or do you mean like juggling lots of priorities? <laughs> that one. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I, I, I don't think I could spin one plate if I actually had to actually do that. Um, but one of the things that I'm never shy of doing in, in any kind of meeting is going, um, excuse me. Um, I don't know what that means, and like, and I don't care if that makes me look stupid because, because I I just think, do you know what? Like, 
there's no point in me being here if I don't know what you're talking about. You're wasting your time and I'm wasting mine. So I'd rather just go, I don't know what that word means that you just said. Inability really? to learn, mate, is the definition of stupidity. If you uh, sat... Sorry, Chris, I don't know what that means. <laughs> 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 the idea of someone... I, look, listen, I'm not going to lie. There's points uh, in my past when someone will mention a band and I'll be like, mm-hmm. The truth is, I don't know who they're fucking talking about. Because my ego don't want to let that go. Don't want to let it slip that I'm not the hippest dude in the room. And it's the same with words and terminology. You can just... Yeah. It. But if you don't just be honest, just say it like it is. Sorry, can you just explain what, what that means? If someone wants to judge you for that, I, I, haven't got, I, I don't really care about that. I've got yeah. more interest in people who just want to learn and are happy to come with like open hands and go, so I don't understand this or whatever, than someone who's just going to keep it quiet. Now, if, if, if say you say I explain it to you and then like two years later, you still haven't cottoned on to what I'm talking about. <laughs> I am going to judge you for that as well. Cause yeah. there's a competency situation <laughs> going on there. Right? But to ask it in the first place is, is yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. I'm a bit sadistic in this way because if I know a word for well and what it means, but I think the guy's a knob or the girl, there's no sexism here for using it i quite happily will interrupt to call them out on it by going sorry can you explain what that means and um, just for pure enjoyment to sort of make the point of the fact that they've said the word so let's draw attention to it and the fact that it's probably a bit wanky and they probably shouldn't have done and then see how they describe it because so many people use words they actually don't understand themselves and that's yeah. priceless trying to get someone to explain a word i'm like this is great but that's me being really mean um, I, th I, think I, you, I, I think you're right to do it. I mean, like I, the other day, we did a, a, a live um, podcast with our listeners, and I said, What did I say? Omnius instead of ominous. And about <laughs> eight of our listeners went, What? And I was like, All right, I've, I've got a word wrong. I'm sorry. But um, yeah, I mean, like, brilliant. Should... They're like me then. They were like, Dick. Well, don't, call don't him out on that. Absolutely. Right don't away. People. Don't befuddle people with complex jargon. That's it. It's, it's, it's fogging, a, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's a way yeah. of confusing yeah. the situation. Yeah, totally. I, I think bullshit bingo is a bit like that. I think the bullshit words that are used are totally fogging. They're yeah. there intentionally used by the person either because they don't know what they're talking about mm. or they're just being lazy or yeah. they genuinely don't know what they're saying. I mean, mm. some of the best bullshit bingos, I think, and actually we haven't done this, Susie, are the ones where people actually get the bullshit term wrong which is even brilliant <laughs> i can't think of one now but i've been in situations where i'm literally like that isn't the term <laughs> but i just and that's even that's even better i did actually have a manager i used to work with um a while ago now and she was a class act for the bullshit bingos i've never known someone to spout so many of them in my life to the point where it became such a joke that i used to call her out every single one she said because it was just so funny but even funnier were the days when she just got the bullshit wrong so the term she just makes <laughs> i made up her own and I was like, that is genius. That doesn't, now, that really doesn't make any sense That's now. That's black belt level bullshit. Black, like, yeah. le black belt. I just Absolutely. can't think of one now. I'll have to call her up and go, uh, can you give me some of those back? Do you remember the stuff you've come out? <clears throat> anyway. Yeah. This, this is really like these terms that you're saying as well. Like, it's just reminding me that my favourite source for, because I've been sat here thinking, have I got any great ones? And I just realised LinkedIn is just a cesspit for bullshit. Oh. But I read it. I read what people are saying. I'm not going to say any because I don't know what, what you, what's on your rest of your top five. But I read it and I'm fucking cringing inside of myself <laughs> because of the, like, 
So, um, so Susie, you, you do sales, right? Sales coaches. I do. You do yeah. much NLP sort of stuff and neuro-linguistic programming and all. So I've done it for years. When I was in a sale, I worked um, uh, for um, IT recruitment and it was lots of money and it was cutthroat. Yeah. And the first thing they taught me was NLP. Yeah. And, and it's waiting, like words that, you know, people are going to all be able to connect with. And it's these sort of buzzwords and, and sayings about themselves and what people are doing in the in the uh, in the workspace now. And I read people's bios on LinkedIn and I just start flipping tables at home because it, it drives me <laughs> mad. And, and, and like half the time, I think you sound like that, that to, to a novice. What you say sounds really good, but I bet if I'm in a meeting with you, you've got fucking, you know, you're not going to bring hardly anything to the meeting other than a regurgitation of these buzzwords that you're talking yeah. about, actually. There's no, not going to be any innovation in what you say. So, yeah, yeah LinkedIn drives me batty. With that I think Lisa and I are too straightforward sometimes. <laughs> because, like, sometimes. Like, we All were reading, time. I was reading a bio on LinkedIn, actually, like, from what you were just saying, reminded me. And I was reading it, and it was it was so like visionary and it had so much um so many words in it which I I didn't even know what they meant I, I had no idea it just completely like confused me I was kind of like what is does this even mean I think I'm just too literal I'm too much of a straightforward person yeah yeah um so yeah just like you just don't need to do it just talk normally mate just like it's not a big deal you don't need to impress anyone but it's rife on LinkedIn it really is yeah. I I'd never really used LinkedIn and at the beginning of lockdown when the club closed I started doing some marketing work for um, somebody in asset management recruitment uh, who's, who's, who's a really good friend of mine uh, and I was kind of just sort of plonked in the corner of the office and it was like you just do your thing and you know we're going to do ours and seeing that was the first time I'd ever worked in that kind of environment and it was it was a pretty cool office but then there was things that I would see that made me just think I could not do this and the one that made me just literally want to just go oh fuck off was <laughs> um somebody had placed someone in a role stood up at their desk and to celebrate swung an invisible golf club no <laughs> that actually happened like and 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 whilst everyone clapped and I just thought, oh come on, like I just I, I didn't think that sort of stuff still happened. Like yeah, swung an invisible golf club. Flipping, eh? that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but no one fucking laughed. I was like, oh fuck off, you can't have just done that in real life. And like, but yeah, everyone was just like. <laughs> it's so old boys club but you said asset management didn't you so i've yes. got a really stereotypical view of that now so <laughs> there we right should we move on to number three then so yes. i say so number three in bullshit bingo i think lots of people will be aware of this one is going the extra mile <laughs> what does that even mean want you to work yeah. for free yeah quite <laughs> you know, you, you know, we gotta go the extra mile you've said that for the last four weeks yeah. I've been doing nine till seven. I don't, why am I going the extra mile? I don't give a shit about your company anymore. Yeah, quite. It is essentially, it should just be, we need everyone to work for free. That is exactly what it should be, actually. That should just be changed to a like literal term. We didn't talk about that actually on the episode, but that's probably what we should have said. Yeah. Um, going the extra mile. I mean, oh, God. so vague. 
it's so like, it's just it's, it's insulting isn't it it's like you're not yeah. working hard enough already sorry so you need to do more it's yeah like, yeah true the worst is when it's used in reward and recognition yeah so that's like, what we talked right, about wasn't yeah. it when people stand up and they're like, right, we're going to give, you know, Sue this award for like going the extra mile. And everyone's just like, what does, like, what? Like that yeah. is, it does, it rewards the wrong things in that respect um, because it is so vague and it is so general. And actually it's like, well, you're rewarding someone for working longer and harder rather than like better. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, in, it's really not a good one. That's such a good mile. point, Susie, that like the idea of like, uh, when I'm the best in the office is when I am... And when, you're, sorry, when, you're, you're the best in your no, office. No, when I'm performing best in my own way <laughs> in the office, <laughs> I can do whatever I need to do re- pretty much within the contracted hours I'm getting paid. Yeah. And yeah. If, I, if I can't, two things are wrong here. Either I'm being overworked and I know how to handle that with, through experience or I'm not efficient enough and yeah. I'm not working smart enough, surprisingly. That happens a lot. And I'm like, fuck, right, I there's a, this other way of doing it. And if I don't have an ego and I just go and ask the top performer, why are you doing that many more cases or whatever than me each day? Oh, I'm doing this. And it's one tiny little thing that they do different. It has a massive impact, impact on my workload. And, um, and I think it's just like work. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if that's a buzzword. I'm working smarter, not harder. Cause that can be offensive to say to someone as well. Um, yeah. But it is kind of like, you know, is it going the extra mile? Do I need to, go the extra mile to do this yeah it's a, it's a good, good yeah it's it's really there's something really um yeah I find that it is something that's quite like it is it does feel insulting there is something about it as though like you're being recognized or we're celebrating someone probably for doing something they shouldn't have had to do as well yeah. like yeah. shouldn't have had to do probably isn't it in their job you're not going to reward them properly for it so we're just going to clap them or do like a <laughs> golf club moment <laughs> as you just described there Stu like we're just going to do an invisible golf club moment standing on a desk and everyone's going to clap say well done this person for overstretching yourself probably overworking yourself not getting paid for it properly like it's it's again it's that kind of like it's that sort of lack of business responsibility and accountability especially for welfare to kind of go oh actually completely maybe that wasn't right yeah, yeah. um and you're right Susie in terms of then celebrating that because I I know that whenever it's happened and someone's been rewarded for that um and I'm sure I've been guilty in many of my leadership roles of rewarding it too like I'm not saying this as though like oh my god I can't believe people do that I'm sure I've done it as well because I've worked in environments where that's what we did and you know again probably just down to pure lack of creativity and laziness I probably just created a a similar reward because at least I was rewarding uh, without really thinking too much about it but I know as an audience member of those types of situations, I actually begrudged that person and I found it annoying. That's the thing. I didn't even feel like I could celebrate with them because I was just like, how have you managed? What? I was like, I don't even understand what this was for. And now you're getting rewarded for it. I'd probably be like, I didn't even think you're that good. Management is (laughs) treacherous. It's so hard. It would be too hard yourself on that, Lisa. Like I, I... I had before, um, so I began, I, I took on management positions in a, a company called the Financial Ombudsman. And before I took on those roles, they took us through loads of fucking training. Honestly, it was really well supported, like employment law, managing within the law, all this other stuff and management techniques. And um, the trainer said, look, you're going to get started and you're going to learn so many hard lessons that even if you think in theory, you know the case, you're going to go and you're going to make a call as a manager 
and you think you did someone a favour and you don't realise that there's 10 other people in there that think you've unfairly treated them and prioritised them. It's such a hard job oh, to, yeah. get, to get yeah. right. Totally. And we talk about that on the podcast all the time. I mean, we talk about it, obviously, from the perspective of, yes, we are coaches and, you know, we're trained coaches. So we talk a lot about people development, but we also talk about it not just wearing a coach's hat. We talk about it because we've led and developed people before. We've led teams. We've led other managers. So, you know, we know how tough it is. Um, and we talk about it from the perspective of, here's all the shit I got wrong. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. And there's a lot of it. We don't, we, don't, we don't hold back. I mean, like I told a story in a, our episode around giving feedback of like pretty much the guide of how not to give feedback. <laughs> but I mean, sometimes you learn the hard way. Yeah, and, absolutely. Like, it is hard. Managing and leading people is really, really hard because everyone's different. You're not all the same. And that is a good thing. It's, it's it would be bloody boring in other words, but other, um, otherwise, but you know, on the good days, it's bloody great, but it's a bit like a roller case. On the shit days, oh my oh. god, it's flipping terrible. So god. you know, it's not diff- it's not it's not easy, and it's lonely as well. I think being it's not, a lot of the time, being a leader is a really bloody lonely place. It is. You know. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But there we go. So that's that's the number three, going the extra mile. So number yeah. two, number two. Is... I think you're like this one, Chris. <laughs> and actually, maybe even you, Stu. I, I think you're both like this one. It's it's totally trippy. This one. I mean, I don't even get it. It really. is mega trippy. And if you know what it means, can you let me know? Because yeah. I've got absolutely okay. no bloody right. idea. Okay. Okay. Honestly, okay. this is one of my favourites. Actually, my top top favourite personally, I think. And it is paradigm shift. <laughs> uh, yeah I, I i no one said that to me in an office and i would yeah i would struggle with that in an office because i, I couldn't i couldn't completely explain that to you so i could have a stab at it stuart within stepping up what, what does that mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah what what is it what is it so i'll be honest we don't really know oh, so right. we, we haven't really this was one that um, one of our listeners sent in to us uh, on Instagram and um, it was brilliant because we read it and we were like, what the hell does this actually even mean? But we think from a little bit of like digging around, we think it's 
like very management consultant speak and it's to do with um like taking something to the next level so doing something differently to accelerate like success or accelerate progress or whatever right. it might yeah. be a shift in um, the culture or something yeah. like that in the office yeah that's, yeah that's, so that's, just just say that just say yeah, like yeah, we're just yeah. gonna do this differently yeah. we don't need to be saying paradigm shift in any context it sounds of... like a science fiction it sounds like exactly. a new netflix series doesn't it basically yeah yeah, it sounds like a kind of metal band from the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely does. It definitely does. I mean, like, honestly, paradigm shift. Yeah, that's too Can much. you imagine sitting in a meeting and someone coming out with that? No, I think I'd I mean, laugh out loud. I, if I'd, be I'd, like, use this. I'd be like, Colin, get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> like, I literally. It said by a guy called Colin. I would have expected Colin to stand up and then like what you know in sci-fi films when people like melt away like like that <laughs> like that's how I would have yeah. thought the reaction would be I'm like I'm now going to paradigm shift out of here like <laughs> and melt away into the like next meeting room or whatever that's like, what we all need to do would... is just do that uh that would be incredible though now that would create a shift in culture wouldn't it you'd be like oh my god it really would hit, we have hit the next level that that's thinking outside the box. That is Fucking thinking. Hell. I wonder if that's what happens at like in Elon Musk's head office in 100%, Tesla. Hundred percent. I bet that's oh. where they've reached. I bet or Bezo or even Branson because they're all in space these days. I bet that's what happens. Out. I bet they had a paradigm. Can shift. we can we just quickly quickly because I haven't got this out on a podcast yet. <laughs> he fucking went to space in a dick. <laughs> he did. I was watching it. Hundred percent. I was watching I... it, and I'm thinking, firstly, why hasn't he got a GoPro camera inside the space shuttle? Which makes me think he's a he's he, he went up there, and then his body was switched with the lizards because oh, like, he puked, a... maybe he puked everywhere. And it wasn't <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, they didn't show any of that, and it was no. like it's like that's a penis, right? That, yes, that's definitely a penis. But no, one's, no one seems to have called it out. Have you seen like, I've seen articles posted on Guardian Online and they've literally positioned it behind his head, which I swear is on purpose. So it literally looks like he's <laughs> a dickhead. He's coming out the back of his head, like launching in all the podcasts. <laughs> I'm like, that has to be intentional. But then obviously the, the you know, the story headline is not Jeff Bezos is a dick, but it, yeah. you know, that clearly is what they're saying. This is a penis Absolutely. popping out the back of his head. It's so weird. Isn't, what's the, um, oh, what was it? What's the cartoon series that did something like that where the space rocket was the shape of a penis? Oh uh, well, man, what was that? I remember, I remember um, did... Isn't it in American Pie, the film, where they like look up in the, um, like into the sky and then they say it, I think. Johnson. It's back. like, is it yes. Austin Powers? That's Austin Powers. Austin Powers, yeah. that's what it is. It's fucking Austin that. Powers. It is Austin Powers. He's got the same guy who built the rocket in Austin Powers to build his rocket. <laughs> You've got to love the scientists who like, well, I wonder if there was a meeting where they got there and like they went, here's the design. And Bezos went, look, I mean like, how insecure must he be about his dick to have to go to space in that? Oh, that guy has got a wiener. Like, <laughs> he, he must have been like, can we not make it look like a dick? And then like, no. <laughs> the, most, the most efficient way to get you into space it has to be that shape. Is it a shape like, of penis? He said, like, guys, we need to think outside the box here. We need to triage this and get this in the best place because we're going the extra mile and we're going to paradigm shift into space. That's, that's what it is. That's what he That's said. That's what happened. Very good. Yeah. And therefore they created a penis. 
Oh, <laughs> incredible. Yeah. Can't we like slightly change the shape of the helmet? No, it has to be exactly that. So however, however, the scientists were having him on and we're just like, I fucking hate this guy. But uh, So this is our way of low-key taking the piss out of him. A bit like the creative uh, photographer for The Guardian. Or yeah. science is just that amazing. Science knew that the only way he could get into space was with a thick-shaped space rock. Yeah. That is why there was no GoPro, Chris, because that GoPro, that conversation was them going, dude, it really looks like a cock. Mate, why are we going to space in a dick? You know that that was probably what... The budget's spent. <laughs> yeah, We're yeah. here on the platform. <laughs> shit. Shit, shit, if, shit. If we can't go back humor, now. Yeah, if he had a sense of humour, he'd have sprayed that pink. And then you know what? He'd have won a lot of people over with that. You know? <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Well, you're right. That's the best. Well, actually, this kind of nicely segues to the the top of the top Ooh. of our bullshit bingos. We're on that top. We're of in the that top. sort of area. We're in that nice. sort of area by accident. I don't know how we've gone from Jeff Bezos and his penis-looking rocket to this, but we have. <clears throat> but our top of the top so far, because I don't want to, you know, cut, hold us back for the future seasons. But of season one and two is low-hanging fruit. <laughs> I've heard that so much. You know, I might be a smutty. I've obviously got a smut brain, but if someone says this to me, I'm literally like, "Why have we moved to testicles?" <laughs> but I don't know whether you can also show. I obviously have appreciation for them because I think of them as low-hanging fruit. So I don't Those know what that's about me. Right. Those juicy, right? Yeah, I don't know where that comes from, but yeah, I do like the. I do a little. Uh, little yeah, Lisa does a great impression. <laughs> yeah, they're the low-hanging fruits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I have to say, when I worked with Lisa, I never saw her actually do that impression oh, in nice. context. But if I had, that would have been amazing. Like Absolutely. that would have been next level. Have you ever called someone out in a meeting or been exposed to something like that in a meeting and just not been able to control yourself and just literally hit the floor laughing? Because I've had an experience of that, and it was the most ridiculous, childish thing. And I'm sure I've told Chris this before, but it was the first business meeting I ever had for a, a new business about 18 years ago and I was making um, flyer bags to put club flyers in and I went to see this designer that was going to build these bags for me um, and whilst me and my business partner sat there in all honesty this guy sat down in front of me slid two bags across the table and he went okay um, firstly do you like big flaps or little flaps? <laughs> Come on, mate. Like, uh, and it was like, I can't look to my left because if I look at my business partner, I'm going to fucking laugh like I'm in a school assembly and someone's just farted. It's like it, that inner child in me. Then he used the word flappage. And I thought, <laughs> that's not even a word. And like... And at that point, like I could see my business partner's shoulders like shuddering where he was laughing. But yeah, so have you ever kind of been exposed to some of the kind of spiel like that and just literally just laughed? Yeah, yeah. so many times. But I roll yeah. my eyes, you see. Sometimes the circumstances just, I, and I manage to control myself. I'm much more of a... I'd love to see you. You're really good at that. She's nailed it. She's absolutely nailed it. There was a big eye roll there, listeners. Yeah, sorry, listeners. But yeah, I used to get called out on it as well because I, 
actually oh. one of my jobs uh, i had a really great um i was part of a leadership team and we got on really well they're still friends we're hoping to meet up on the bank holiday weekend in august you know we're, we're still friends years later and they used to call me out on it to, when we became really comfortable which was literally like i'd be sitting there going oh fuck you yeah, now and they'd be like lisa don't do that and i'll be like what well what the hell like what the hell is that what was that about why have we just and they were like well just say it don't do the eye roll and i was like well it precedes the comment you know <laughs> but yeah the face was out of control the face was out of control in this particular job it oh. used to like trigger off loads but um yeah it was bad it was a bit of a trace it was so so offensive and it was yeah it would happen quite a lot towards the end in this particular job when I was literally like yeah. I'm, leave, I'm leaving now I'm, I'm going on to I'm other done. things um but <clears throat> yeah so I'm, I'm much I'm much worse in respect of eye rolling or just like a deadpan kind of oh, the, the, um, the both of them would really put me off my stride if I was talking I've had the quite, stare a few times which is, obviously I've used yeah. a few phrases so that's I'll what I mean rather than laugh out loud but I mean rude stuff anything with a rude connotation I think is the worst and at the end yeah. of the day yeah. We're all Definitely. human beings, and I think they're totally allowed to be laughed at. But I'm terrible mm. as well. So uh, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm a, completely Sorry, go going to the smut. It's just like low hanging fruit. I'm just like, <laughs> no, no. Especially if it's said by a bloke as well. Like, you're always like, <laughs> no, don't so, go so, there. So, so the listeners benefit. Um, low low hanging fruit is, as I understand it, is. The easy wins. Yeah. Easy yes. pickings. Easy yes. pickings. Easy pickings. So yeah. Although being, I'm not being funny first, though. Let's, let's get Strawberries are a low-hanging fruit. I wouldn't call them an easy pick. <laughs> Very good point. You've got to find those things. Mm. You've got to like rummage around in the leaves. You know, if you go to a strawberry picking farm, that straw can be sharp. So like, yeah. it's not that easy. So I do think, you know, again, maybe as me and Sue says, we do overthink the bullshit bingos, but that's the point. You know, yeah. stop stop talking shit and just tell the truth. Stop but a strawberry, there, in my opinion, is not always the easiest. So no. yes, they might be a form of low hanging fruit. But I mean, that's all that's that's all well and good, and I totally agree with that. But let's let's have it right. The minute anybody says that in a meeting, they're thinking about bollocks. Quite yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Like I, yeah, I don't we, think you go straight to a strawberry, do you? <laughs> no, no. Like we used to use it to Chris's point. Like we used to use it in in sales a lot. So it's yeah. the opportunities which are yeah. easy to um, you know, turn into a sale without a huge amount of effort yeah. involved. Are we then, still you know, talking about? Blokes, bollocks. Wow, well, it, it kind of depends. It. Yeah, clubs can be used in both contexts. Some um, fruit over <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, it's used a lot, and it is a, a brilliant one. Um, I think my strongest reaction has to go back to triage. Like <laughs> that was my my strongest physical reaction, where I just started shouting no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, to the point where the, my colleagues, who were also now my friends um, at the time, afterwards were like, "What was what was that about?" They were like, "Your reaction was just brilliant." Um, and I think I was actually also pregnant at the time, so I think my hormones were raging, <laughs> and I think that triggered this kind of very uh, emotive, strong reaction from me, where I was just like, "No, we are not doing this." So yeah, that's I would love my, to have seen that. My strongest your, reaction. I always say one of your biggest like strengths in the workplace, having worked with you is that you're always very <clears throat> controlled and focused and 
you know, you're very much the sort of person that like digests and then you, you react appropriately and always very helpfully. Whereas I think I'm a lot more <coughs> fly off. So to see you go, no, I've seen that over triage because I just would be like, oh my God. <laughs> What's happened to her? She's lost her mind. She's having a really, No, I'd be like, that really did hit her. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about uh, low hanging fruit as remind because we spoke about similar things that, that make us, makes us corpse in meetings or, or, or whatever. And we've had some, me and Shu have had plenty of funny ones. Like when, when you go and work in East London, you're setting up new club nights and then you, you go and meet and chat with somebody who's got a Game Boy hanging around their neck as a necklace or something like that. That's an exaggeration, but you know where I'm going with it. Yeah, I know. And so we, we, we have some quite, you, you do have some quite bizarre uh, meetings like that. And you've had some great ones with Justin as well, where um, well, one of we've We've got, we have a safe word, don't we? Uh... We have a safe word. And it's like, if the meeting becomes so ridiculous where we just think this is utter shit, we've got nothing to gain from this, we'll say that word and then really, really, really mess with this person. Uh, to the point where the greatest one was on the rooftop of the Queen of Hoxton. Um, and this guy was the son of a very famous person. And he was giving me this sales spiel about his new venue that he told me four times for four different venues, like I wouldn't remember it. And he was telling me, it, and I just said the safe word, which at the time was something like pina colada or something like that. Uh, and he was on the rooftop and he'd just rolled a cigarette and as he put it in his mouth, I said the word, and my business partner just leant over, took the cigarette out of his mouth, put it in his own, lit it, and then just sort of carried on as if nothing had happened. And this guy did not know what the fuck had just happened. And we like we made it as if there was nothing, nothing had happened. And he just carried on like your eye roll would put me off my stride. This guy had no idea what was going on. He was like, um, yeah, and so well, it's a thousand capacity venue so what and, and he was you could tell he was just watching my business partner smoking his cigarette thinking what he just took it out of my mouth it was very surreal now i, I do definitely recommend a safe word if it becomes that ridiculous just think oh do you know what let's well, have if you've fun. got nothing to lose from that sort of behavior obviously that's quite yeah. funny that's kind of like the thing that you'd love to do and most mm. of the time we kind of like I don't think I can go that far, but you, um, you, you actually mentioned one of these venues earlier, girls. So we, we won't, we won't say who, but one of the venues you mentioned earlier is uh, one of the ones that I'm sure ah. this person also had that spill with me yeah. years later, didn't he? Because yeah, he wanted us to do a, a, a show there, and <laughs> um, right. yeah, it's just it is funny. You get that, but um, in terms of low hanging, like, I, I have got a, a, a potty mouth and a, a gutter brain, and. Um, the one that got me, Lisa, was um, we were discussing. I didn't know what this term was when this person used it in a meeting, right? Oh, and it is, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to explain it. it hopefully, it's a bit of guesswork because this is literally going back <laughs> 17 years. But we were discussing the occasional government intervention on a uh, on the floating exchange rate. And mm. the, do you know what that is? Do you know what that? Do you know what they're saying is? And I fucking, I was, I was at least in, I was in company with people who knew my sense of humour, and even though they were the sort of people that you wouldn't normally be able to lose the plot with, we, we'd been working for each other with each other for ages. They're quite senior, but I fucking had to leave the room, and I was crying because they told me what the 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 uh, the short um, definition of it, and it's it's dirty float. <laughs> 
And they said, well, it's a dirty float. And I was just like, I could not. <laughs> and, and and then he knew he knew that he, it was like too too like too much for me to handle and he kept saying dirty floater well. and i was fucking in tears and i was like guys i'm gonna take i know i'm really i know i'm really being immature but i've got to stand outside for a second and i was just <laughs> crying outside the meeting room and they were like one of my mates financial dirty float God, google dirty it. that float. is brilliant google it yeah it's uh it, yeah. Is- don't google it no, don't. <laughs> well, have, have your uh, have your private private search function sponsored by VPN today, guys. Uh, yeah, um, you uh, honestly, like, I, like my mate was in the meeting room still, and he was like, you could, he could hear me outside. And, like, I was wailing. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that is brilliant. Yeah, but again, this it's. I love the fact it's in the financial market though, because I swear it's the type of people that come up with stuff that don't think about what it actually means. Exactly. I mean, there's some weird terminology in finance. Yeah. Dirty floats Dirty right up there. Float, you know, have you ever heard of a panda credit? No. I That's a thing. <laughs> yeah, yes. A panda credit? A panda credit. What the hell credit. is that? I mean, it's something to do with the Chinese financial markets. Oh. So I think that's the reference to Panda. Yeah. But yeah, my stepbrother, love him, is in finance. And his one of his special one of his special niche financial areas uh, a couple of years ago were panda credits. I actually think he won an award. But I mean I, I, I watched a whole little video of him talking about this and by the end of it I knew nothing more than I did at the start. <laughs> did but you I get said, to like meet a panda? Bloody hell. Well, I mean that that should have been the reward. Yeah. yeah. The award. A trip to China to see the pandas. But I mean for going the extra mile. I mean that's not smutty for going the extra mile, yeah. <laughs> I mean it wasn't a smut that's not a smutty reference to your dirty float, but you know, panda credit. I mean it's still like makes absolutely no sense. Nonsense. No. But I was just like, brilliant, the stuff that comes out of the financial world. Yeah. Again, not not an area I think I could play in for multiple reasons. Yeah, I have a distinct lack of like, oh come on, like you can't call it. I don't even want to describe what that springs to mind because you know it's a it's a family friendly pod. It's not a family friendly pod. It's not a family pod. I just don't want to like reveal how my brain works basically. But any more than you already have. (laughs) Exactly. Just don't say dirty float. Don't say dirty float. There's other words. There's there's a big there's a big dictionary out there. Yeah, you're Just right. Pick something else or create something. Do you know what? Actually, floater is a word that gets used in the corporate world as well. Right. And Susie, Come I on. swear it did in our last job. I'm sure we talked about someone actually being a floater. Like, really? I'm sure I'm sure we did. Like in some in some of my roles, we've definitely talked about an individual being a floater, oh, as in like in up. reference to them. I'm sure it was to do with something to do with um, like someone being in temporary roles yeah. and like covering multiple bases. Oh, yeah, right, but I'm yeah. sure we referred to them as a floater. And I was always like, why are we calling it this? Like, <laughs> how much do we value this person if you're calling them a floater? You're not really, are you? And I think, I mean, it did stick. I mean, I just kept going. Can we I bet it did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Gross. Thanks for that. Oh, but I was thinking, why can we t- not call this person in their role something other than a floater? If I received a CV from someone and their last position was a uh, floater, I'd be like, nah, I won't be chatting to this dude. Uh, <laughs> you'd lie though. On your CV, you just make it, you, you change your role title. You know what it's like when, when you're, um, when you're trying to align roles, you know, especially when you're creating a new role in a workplace and you're like, right, what should we call this? from an internal point of view, but let's make sure that it resonates externally so that actually 
you know, when it comes to recruiting for this position, people will recruit with this type of skill set and experience yeah. we need because that role name aligns. At what point does someone go floater? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At boredom. Pabants, I think. Pabants. Yes, absolutely. Oh, it's, it's like these you know kids what? who write, uh, these people who write children's episodes and they're just like, when you actually look into it, you're like... Yes. That's fucking mad. Like a lot of episodes from the seventies. Well. Yeah, like, they were getting away with it way more. Way it's too much. that. Just their own entertainment. They're just like writing these mad. Well, mad yeah, shows. and because of some influential substances, they enjoy daily. Yeah, they Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, so for people that uh, haven't as yet uh, listened to your podcast, if you was to send them back uh, to, to listen, would you say start at the beginning or would there be an episode you'd be, check this one out because this is a really good intro to the, the rest of what you can expect? Don't listen to the pilot episode for season one. Okay. I think that's a general rule for all new podcasters or any podcaster. I, just don't I, listen agree. to the first episode because it's a load of tosh. Um, you know, we were totally winging it and working it out so yeah. don't listen to that one um well i think probably i think well we talk about our favorite episodes don't we Suze? so i think one of my favorite episodes ever has been the episode we did around vulnerability and at the start of season two and i think in that episode it's a great episode because in many ways you get to listen purely to Susie and i so it's a good introduction to know well do you even like us to want to listen further because our podcast is a mixture of us on our own and uh, and guests, so we like to mix it up a bit. Yeah. But that one's purely just us, and I think it gives you a good sense of the nature of the podcast and what it's about, the type of subjects that we cover. It's I think it's a critically important subject to talk about um, in so many different ways in life as well as the workplace. Mm -hmm. It's also one of the hardest to do, mm -hmm. and I think you know, we, we do debate quite a bit in that and we also are vulnerable ourselves. And, and I like to think it gives you a good insight into the type of people we actually are. So that, that would probably be the episode I would awesome. suggest to listen to. Yeah, I think that's a really good one. I think the only one I would kind of add is we had a great guest on at the end of season two, a guy called Rob Stevenson. He's a mental health campaigner um, for um, destigmatizing kind of mental health in the workplace and he gives a really insightful story a powerful interview around some of his own mental health mm. challenges and how that affected him at work and in his life and what he's gone on to do to um really you know drive um change in this space mm. and, and some of the work he's doing and I think you know supporting people especially at the moment in work and in life with their mental health is really really critical but even more so we probably in the future of leadership um mm -hmm. so yeah if you fancied kind of learning a bit more about that dipping into that episode towards the end of season two I think it's episode 10 yeah. um, that's a really good one it's really one of my personal favorites yeah his quote is and I love it I use it all the time is we all have mental health mm -hmm. yeah and uh it's so true and yeah absolutely. that's not the way we all act and behave a lot of the time no. so yeah absolutely well ladies thank you so much for your time today it's been really, really good fun. And I take it the podcast is available on all the usual platforms. Yep. You can find us you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, we've got um our own YouTube channel as well. So you can watch us there, <laughs> which I would advise for a little bit of variety, especially because you get to see 
so many of my great, as we said, face expressions and weird <laughs> demonstrations of literal my low my hanging fruit, my low hanging fruit routine as well. So yeah, so you get to see us in in, the, in that respect. So yeah, just literally search for at the coaching cast and you'll find us. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. We've had Thanks a great time. It's been us. so much fun. So yeah, thank you for having us. It's been brilliant. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast.